Hello and welcome to Build Momentum, where we make PR easy for education organizations. This show was created to help edtech startups, research institutes, and schools learn how to develop simple, replicable PR strategies and how to execute on those strategies. I'm your host, Sarah Williamson, and I've spent the past 15 years working in PR, where I've been able to understand what works and what does it when it comes to making an impact. I will share my tips for success and interview others who have done the same to provide you with a framework that you can use within your own organization. Be sure to grab my free guide, How to Create a Killer Case Study, even if you don't have data, at casestudy.swpr-group.com. That's casestudy.swpr-group.com. And on today's episode, we have Doug Roberts, the founder and CEO for the Institute for Education Innovation. His organization bridges the gaps between the individuals and organizations committed to seeing students succeed in school and life, creating a safe space for constructive problem solving and innovative thinking. Doug, it's so great to have you on the show. Welcome. What's up, Sarah? Good to talk to you again. You too. Okay, so Doug, I would love for you to go into a little more detail, one, about your organization, and two, why you launched it. So tell us about it. Sure. I was a teacher and then I worked in the industry for many years as a sales rep, whatever you want to call it, VP of sales, VP of partnerships. I helped several startup companies get off the ground, but I never started my... I was never the guy starting the thing. I was always helping people who started it build their business, get in front of district leaders, built a network of superintendents and industry executives who I think were like-minded about certain aspects of the business. And I would talk to folks and we talk about, you know, what's kind of broken here is the communication that happens between the industry and the investors and the district leaders. And I guess I just always felt like they were more on the same wavelength than they realized. And so I was an opportunity to sort of make some of those connections. And that's really what we've done. We built a community. We refer to it as a family, actually, just because that's a big part of our value system. It's just about you know, supporting each other and being a network and being a community that helps each other, regardless of whether our role is on the industry side or on the district side. And we've built this network to improve the processes and solutions that go into supporting kids in schools. So, you know, one of the sort of more broken, you go to any education event, you'll hear people talk about a strategy for growing your business, and you'll hear people lament at how hard it is to sell to schools. And I always say, well, then, you know, is it the schools that are bad at buying or are you bad at working with schools? Like if if your business plan includes you're going to close this many deals in 45 days, how many founders I've met with who brought to me something that listed monthly pricing, right? And, you know, if you're trying to sell monthly subscriptions, you need to be in the consumer space not in the K-12 space. But some investor reviewed that that business plan and wrote a majorly large check to, to launch that business, right? So if we're doing our job, then these founders will know a lot about how schools work, how districts do business before they start their company. And then they'll build their business plan around the reality of how districts do their work. The customer's always right, frankly. It's not the entrepreneur's job to try to game the system. The entrepreneur should figure out how the system works and then build the business plan around it. That's essentially what we want to do. And I've got a group of superintendents who are fired up about being involved in this discussion. They like talking business. They like talking shop. They're just impressed and enamored with the entrepreneurs that we introduce to them and respect their hustle, respect what they're trying to do. And really, I think if it comes down to you trying to build something great for kids, then our community is all in on it. And then my job with IEI is just to build the opportunities to 
help those folks connect, find the right fits, qualify the opportunity before the conversation. And if we do a good job of that, then districts are able to do their jobs more effectively and more efficiently. And same for our industry partners. That's amazing because so needed. I had a guy, Jason, he has a similar approach. So Jason is amazing and he's doing a similar thing, but it's so fascinating, this world between district leaders and company leaders because they need each other, but how do we work together more effectively? Right. It's totally beautiful what you're doing. Thanks. I mean, education is a people business. Right. Right. So we believe that the people need to get together in a more efficient way. You know, we stepped into a space in the market that has a very high price point. And we offer that same high price point, high touch service. But we also offer a version that is more 21st century at about a third the price point that leverages the in-person people. And by the way, we never would have discovered this model if the pandemic didn't force us out of necessity to figure something out. I want to say that like we got pushed by this thing and we had to get creative, but we got Mm -hmm. creative. So now with our hybrid approach, companies who can't clear the bar to get in at the higher price point can get in at the much lower price point. That's a better experience for superintendents because now they're hearing from all these companies who are at an earlier stage who don't have the big marketing budget and they're getting to interact with them at this stage. And it's a really good thing for all of us. As for so many of us, it has, I think. The world feels more connected and approachable. I feel like after yeah. the pandemic. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I know. Except like, I'm also someone who needs to sit down in a room with people over a beverage of your choice and, you know, a bowl of chips and just sort of catch up or a bowl of edamame, whatever you want. But, you know, like that personal human connection still needs to happen. We've been connected in other ways. There are many different ways to connect. Yeah. And this year we've tried to find as many as possible that are pandemic friendly. Each event we do, we pivot more toward what we used to do. But we're holding on to the, just like, this is what all the folks, this is all the superintendents are saying, right? There are some things that we came up with that were good. We're going to hold on to that. Yeah. Like a lot of them will say, we got secondary students who actually learned better at home. So we're going to try to keep that going Yep. as long as we can make sure those kids are safe, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing nothing different here, right? We're not talking about, you know, social, emotional health or life and death here. But there are companies who prefer to interact with superintendents through us from their office or their home. So we'll keep it going. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so I'm curious, from your unique perspective, working together with school district leaders and company leaders, what are the themes you're seeing right now as we are on the horizon of emerging from this pandemic? What are the common themes? I mean, I don't want to retread what everyone's talking about, but it's starting with student safety and health. Uh And how do you ensure that's mental and physical health that is tied to cultural norm switching? Dr. Lavelle Brown says this a lot when he's on a podcast that there are kids who, for whom school is not as comfortable a cultural environment, but they've been home for many months and now they're coming back. And so we got to look out for that. So that's something that I think we're talking about. We're talking about how there was always an equity problem. The pandemic is really helping the public see it, right? It's just so blatant. Yeah. You can go look on the news. So you have people who live in well-funded districts in wealthier communities and their kids are going to school five days a week or three days a week in hybrid or something, right? But kids are going to school and everyone can look on the news and see that major cities didn't get back to school on site till April or May of this year. And so I think that now the public is starting to understand and everybody knows about how there are rural communities and some urban communities where there was not enough Wi-Fi for kids to learn from home. Uh Everyone saw that on the news. So now you get the public engaged in this equity discussion in a way that I think is accessible for most people. And that they hope, speaking on behalf of what I hear our members talk about, 
they're hoping that will lead to significant change in some of the things that they believe, some of the levers they believe they can pull to increase equitable opportunity for kids. And that includes the schedule. They talk a lot about the schedule being based in the agrarian old-timey days, like summer, two months off, that was for harvest. And that's great for agrarian communities, maybe it still works. They talk about the schedule of the day, the time that we start. Some kids maybe need to be in school more physically, I mean. Some kids maybe need to be in school physically less. All this stuff can, they hope, now start to be discussed. They're also worried about the strength of the status quo and its grip on people. Like try canceling everyone's summer vacation and see how that goes. That's not easy to do. So they're working on strategies around that. But the first kind of really positive new thing that I think we've seen come out is everybody reshaping summer school into a summer learning experience. And so instead of saying to the community, lots of the students lost learning this year, right? Because like, it's not their fault. No. Like they didn't lose the learning, right? Like the world conspired to help some kids learn less, right? So here's an opportunity to learn some more. But it's not just sitting and doing normal school stuff. It's fun. And it's basically summer camp-ish. So a lot of districts are putting that in place. So, you know, that was an easy one. Mm -hmm. Some of these are harder. And so that's what they're talking about as sort of, you know, what's happening right now. We've branded on behalf of our districts as the big comeback, the great comeback. Nice. We actually made a sort of hype video of sorts about the 21-22 school year and our events. And, you know, this is going to be the year of the comeback and everyone's going to figure out how to bring everybody back to school, how to bring kids back who maybe were not getting as much as many services, you know, bring everybody back to safety and, you know, a place where like adults are looking out for everyone's mental health. We're going to talk a lot more about mental health. Districts had to figure out a way to access medical and social services through telehealth means. Teletherapy has come into districts. So districts can potentially get better services at lower price points because people don't have to like reimburse contractors mileage. Seems like a small thing, but it's big. Then the last thing they're talking about is just the ESSER funding. And I want to just help echo their sentiment. There's, a, I think, places that are here. I, I live in New York. Every district in New York tomorrow, the community has to go out and vote for school budgets. A lot of states do that. And so a lot of people have read the press and have heard that there's federal money flowing to school districts starting in July. And so they think the school district is now rich and rolling in cash. But that money has to make up for a big extra expense that most districts weren't planning for last year, improvements to the physical plant to get the kids through COVID. And then it has to be spread out over several years when you're going to see most, you know, a lot of districts have declining enrollment, property tax revenue. We don't know if it's going to come back. A lot of commercial properties are not going to be paying their taxes. So there's fiscal uncertainty ahead. And so they'd like the vendor community to pump the brakes a little bit on, you know, you're going to like, we we're flush with cash to buy a bunch of widgets, but continue to reach out and listen And, you know, projects that were on hold before can now go forward. Some of those projects may get changed. So, you know, but but watch as districts, they're all kind of putting together multi-year plans. And now there are all these toolkits coming out from various folks, including partners of ours, uh, whether it's our friends at ThruEd or at Allaview. In fact, we've got ThruEd on our, we're doing a lunch and learn with them and they'll be in our clubhouse room tomorrow night on Tuesday. I don't know when this is going to go out, but we're trying to help just push all that information out to folks so that both vendor side and district side has tools at their disposal to manage this inbound cash and make a solid plan with it. Because the worst possible thing that can happen, I'm going to echo my friend Jess Gardner here from Allaview. The worst thing that can happen is that you make a big investment in capital improvements this year or in buying devices or in some sort of infrastructure. And then four years from now, revenue is not back up. And now you've enrollments down and now you got to talk about letting teachers go because everyone's going to look back and remember, wait, you guys got all that money. So everyone has to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. One of the things I like that you just said is Vendors should be thinking about how they can reach out to districts and listen. 
because that's the key, right? It's not telling districts what they need. Always has been. It's always about listening. It always has been. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So Doug, what do you think will stick as we enter this comeback year, as you called it? What's going to stick from this crazy pandemic experience? So I do think just, you know, I sit in between the vendors and the soup. So I think about like where they intersect a lot. So forgive me for being a little kind of focused in that area. But I do think in our industry, we've broken through the early part of the sales cycle, I think, and has become much more efficient. Mm-hmm. Much to everyone's surprise. Like I talked to our members about it. And I kid with them. Like, you know, remember, you know, I'll even harken I've known some of them many, many years and used to bring clients to them. And remember when I used to get an airplane, I'd bring a client to you. You maybe come and meet in your office. We put on the tie and the whole thing. That cost me a whole day. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> like that was a whole day of my life to come spend an hour with you. And then I would get on a plane and we did it. We didn't think twice about it. Get on a plane whole day, next day, go to the different city, right? right. I'm one of many people who have done or do that currently, yeah. right? You no longer do that unless the opportunity, the conversation is qualified on both sides. Because we finally got my dear friends who run school districts to figure out how to use Zoom or Google Meet or whatever, right? We've been doing this for years, but they've now become avid users and started to believe in it and have started to find ways to do professional development on it, Uh to work on their own leadership development, to find more ways to connect. And, you know, our members are not particularly interested in doing a lot of community networking, leadership development stuff online together. I mean, sorry, they'll do leadership development stuff online, but not that involves kind of community, right? In terms of our community, they want to be together in person, but they're fine interacting with while we're in person, they're fine interacting with people online. So you can now kind of that early part of the sales funnel that our vendor friends call it, they can shorten that and they can get more quickly to because the district can now take five Zoom meetings in a week. And okay, we think we're going in this direction. So we're going to keep talking to these three. RFP processes no longer have to be scheduled around people's kind of crazy travel schedules. You can streamline it into one week and get done with it. Right. So I think there's willingness on the district side to use this technology that we had to use during the pandemic and use that to do business going forward. It allows for something to more quickly move through a district team. So the cycle will still be longer than in other industries, but maybe the days of 18 months, you know, like sales being routine mm-hmm. are gone and people can you know more quickly get to a resolution one way or the other. The thing that I think has been tough though, is that between the pandemic and the inability to kind of go to conferences and go to meetings, like I'm talking even just like the regional like the state soup conference or the county tech conference or whatever, that's increased the outbound email campaigns and it's rendered email pretty much useless, Uh I think, unfortunately, for a lot of districts. It's just, they got just, they're just inundated. So they don't know you, they don't read it. Right. Email is useless for people that you don't know. It's become a vehicle for communicating just between people who know each other. So that benefits the established companies, the haves versus have nots. But then there are folks out there like us and others who are there to help you get to know them so that they'll read your email. So those are kind of slight changes in the business. One, the main thing I coach my superintendents on is if you're not interested, just write back and say you're not interested. Yeah, that's great advice. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Like no one's going to be mad at you, but you know what? They're good folks and they're good people and they get to know the person. And like maybe they sat and had, you know, an appetizer with them, right? They're more likely to be friendly with you if you tell them no real quick, because then that means there's an opportunity some other time and everybody can check off boxes on their to-do list. So that's a piece of coaching we're trying to do all the time. We do. We spend a lot of time coaching, particularly our earlier stage companies and our newer superintendents on just sort of 
some of this stuff about communication and protocol. And you know, we hope it disseminates out into the world. Are you an education leader, the leader of an ed tech company, or a member of an organization supporting education? We continue to hear from leaders like you who have a story to tell, a message to share, or an important initiative that needs greater awareness. Three years ago, that's exactly what we heard from Doug Roberts, the CEO of the Institute for Education Innovation, when he approached SWPR Group. This led to the launch of a groundbreaking new award that was unlike any other in EdTech. The Soup's Choice Awards, judged exclusively by K-12 superintendents, set IEI on a path to market dominance, increasing vendor partners and superintendent members by more than 30% year over year. Jamie Candy, the CEO of Edmentum, shared with SWPR Group the EdTech company's desire to tell district success stories and to elevate the leaders behind their organization in a more thoughtful and strategic way. Throughout the past two years, SWPR Group has established consistent and regular media coverage, authored compelling op-eds, and secured interviews highlighting success stories while also inserting Edmentum into timely topics like AI with national reporters. At SWPR Group, we provide public relations, communication strategies, and thought leadership support for today's changemakers and the brands they champion. We work together with our clients to bring their mission to life by consistently delivering high-quality content, creative communication strategies, and transformational results. What story do you want to tell? Reach out to us using the link in the show notes or visit our website at swpr-group.com. Yeah. So speaking of that coaching and events and work you do, tell me about what's coming up. So I want to hear about it. So you can go to www.soupstalk.com, S-U-P-E-S. Some people spell the abbreviation for superintendent as S-U-P-T. I think that's hard to pronounce. So we use soups, soupstalk, S-U-P-E-S, talk.com. There you can learn about our K-12 Industries Symposium. And so our other three events of the year they really focused on the members turning inward, talking to each other, listening to each other, helping each other, learning from each other. And our partners are part of that, right? This event, we are turning outward and we want to provide knowledge, guidance, strategy, intelligence from the seat of a district leader to our industry partners. So do we do this kind of thing at our normal events, you know, in one-to-one conversations or in panels, but only the companies who have paid to sponsor the event can sit in and listen to those sessions. And frankly, usually those half of the partners who come to those events will tune out during those sessions and go take call, you know, because they got other stuff back in the office, right? And that's fine. That's okay. But if there are people out there who are business development people or starting a new company or they're the VP of marketing or something, they want to listen to just listen in on how a bunch of superintendents are talking about their work, this is that event. That's valuable. That's pretty oh, valuable. Yeah. That's yeah. We have industry events where we get content from investors, CEOs, like we hear a lot from the industry at industry events, or you can go to like AASA or any of the other superintendent or educator conferences. And there you hear either from the educational leaders or you hear from vendors who pay to speak and they want to speak because they're trying to sell something more or less, or they want to share something they're working on. Or side note, you can partner with someone like my company and we help craft speaking proposals that don't come across as like you're selling and you partner with influential leaders and share your story or have your clients share your stories. So anyway, I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fair enough, right? Yeah. But at this event, the educators are the speakers. Yep. They are the content. And I've got investors and CEOs. They're going to be sort of the facilitators of each of the panels. So they'll be kind of asking the questions and moderating everything. So people can hear from both those groups, but we're putting the focus on the content focus on superintendents. The other thing we're doing that I'm not aware anyone has done, at least not in this way, so publicly, we are going to do a product design charrette exercise. We are going to have superintendents partner with four of our partner companies, Gaggle, Classlink, Paper, and Midas Education are going to contribute in-kind software design and product manager expertise. We're going to break the soups up into groups of seven or eight, and they're going to basically sit in a room for two hours and brainstorm what kind of solution they would like built to solve a problem that they can't solve with the current tools. So they're going to do that work. And then the four partners who are doing the software design work will go and put together a prototype wireframes. Then they'll come back the next day. They'll meet again as a group, again in private to refine their presentation and their product idea. And then the final day of the event on Friday the 16th, the groups will present to the whole symposium what they designed over the course of those two years. So you'll have a superintendent or two up there with the product person from one of those companies. And they will present this to the entire symposium. And then we'll make the video of those presentations available to the entire industry afterwards as well. So the idea is for our superintendents, A, to get great learning experience about how products get built. So I think that'll help them. Yeah. Think, like when they ask a vendor, hey, can you do this or that? Now they know how it works. Right. And they love this stuff. They think it's fun. Mm-hmm. But it also, we hope, helps the industry learn what a group of really innovative superintendents think should get built. And we want people to... Like we, we're happy for investors to call us and say, can I, you know, talk to some of your superintendents about something that I'm looking at, a business plan that I got the other day? We're happy to provide that kind of advice because we feel that if investors are keyed into what our members are doing, they make better investing decisions, better tools get built, more kids are helped. That's the totally. process. So, so I think it's going to be fun. That's like a true incubator. Like fast track. Yeah, it's awesome. Of. It's an incubator, except we're not incubating specific companies yeah. or taking equity. And then we're trying to incubate ideas. I love that. And communicate them out. And I think it's going to be really fun for our members and that we're here to serve them. So I think it's going to be great. So it's available online. You know, so you can go to soupstock.com. You can buy a ticket for 500 bucks. Listen in, be part of the discussions. We'll do some sessions for vendor types too. While the soups are in the product shots, we'll do some stuff to talk about some of the things you and I have been talking about, like support districts with ESSER, et cetera. So mm-hmm. it's a really fun event. The in-person event, which people can also buy a ticket to if they want to come attend, is at the Biltmore State in Asheville, North Carolina. Ooh, and nice. online, we'll be using Remo as our online meeting room software. Remo allows for networking and individual discussion, one-to-one, two-to-two, whatever. It's a table-driven meeting software. So you can sit at a virtual table and sit with other folks and you can find people in the room and talk to them. So it's not just a webinar sit and get, but it's an interactive online event. That sounds fantastic. Brilliant idea. And I can't wait to hear what ideas come out of this. I'm so excited. Thanks. And I do want to give credit to my former boss and just sort of mentor, Larry Berger, founder of Wireless Generation, and then Amplify, who he led this activity with a group of superintendents. And I was a wee cog in the works of that one. I was one of the product manager types who worked with one of the groups of superintendents. But you know, we did that work at Wireless and was really successful, I think, for us. And I think the superintendents really enjoyed it. So I did ask him if it's okay for me to sort of do this. And he 
sort of gave him his blessing. So, but it's something that you know, we're spinning it in a different way and sort of making it public. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, well, I'll be following it. That's very exciting. Okay, so you want people to attend. Are you looking for additional sponsors if companies want to get involved? So yeah, so we have a bunch of our partners booked, but there are spots available. Okay. The sponsorship model, either, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about how we have the in-person and the virtual. The virtual is a much lower price point. Both deliver to our partners qualified one-on-one meetings through our sort of proprietary matching algorithm. We basically, we tell the partners what the districts are going to be, you know, prioritizing in terms of funding. We then let each of the partners get in front of the superintendents for two minutes. The superintendents then fill out an online form telling us their preferences for meetings. And then it all gets, it spits out one-to-one meetings based on that matching algorithm so that we try to make it just a, as good a use of time as possible for everyone involved. And that process is what we deliver. Among other things, you know, the in-person partners are getting all kinds of other networking and dinners and you know the normal stuff mm-hmm. that all these events have. Mm-hmm. And our virtual partners are getting mostly the one-on-ones and the two-minute presentation. And then they can participate in the virtual portion of the conference as well. And yeah, if anybody's interested, you know, we craft a partnership with each sponsor individually. So give us a call or shoot us an email if you're looking to get in front of superintendents this summer. Okay, perfect. That leads me to my next question. Where can people reach out? Where should they go besides that talk soups? Yeah, so it's soupstalk.com. To learn about the event and to buy an online ticket just to attend and listen yeah. in. Otherwise, you go to you can find our Twitter feed at IEI underscore K12. I'm Doug Roberts underscore IEI. You can email me, Doug at Institute for Ed Innovation dot com. Mm-hmm. You can find us, you know, any number of places, Facebook, et cetera. But if you email us, we'll make sure to get back quick. Awesome. I think this is exciting. I'm really impressed with all the work you've done, Doug. You are clearly passionate about education. <laughs> That's obvious. And as are you, which is why we get along. I agree. Thank you. Great. And we're going to put this on our pod channel and yours, right? So Absolutely. We love these kinds of collaborations with you guys. Super fun. We've done it before. I'm happy to do it again. And I'd love to have you back on soon. Okay. Keep up the great work. You too. We'll see you. Yes. And Build Momentum listeners, don't forget to grab my free guide to creating a killer case study, even if you don't have data. Again, that's available at casestudy.swpr-group.com, casestudy.swpr-group.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and write us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you choose to listen. We will be back with another episode of Build Momentum next week. Thanks so much and have a fantastic day. 